Uh, welcome back to another Fan Friday episode on When the Bell Tolls with Big Cuz. Today, or this week, I posed a question on social media for fans to give me their favorite debut in the wrestling world. Now, I have a couple that are returns or re-debuts, but I, I'm going to put them in the podcast still. So today, I'm joined by my youngest brother. Jello. So, all right, so we have quite a range here of people. I mean, some are great. Some are Hall of Famers, and then there's other ones that are just very forgetful. Some are good, they... some are great, some are not. Yeah, some are home, some are not. Yeah. So we're going to start off with our Uncle Michael. He put Nikki Cross and Aleister Black, which is this was technically the second debut of Nikki Cross. No, we... it wasn't. Are we talking main didn't... card debut or NXT debut? Main card, because she did not debut with Sanity on the main card. Because it, I, I remember her NXT debut more than I do her main card one. Her main card when she debuted as a tag team partner with uh, Natalia and I forget who else. But she would just went in the ring and like she like Ultimate Warrior roped everything. Just shook them and everything. Yeah. But I remember for one thing, let Becky play. Let Nikki play. Let Nikki play. <laughs> I mean, her accent is just absolutely phenomenal. And Nikki Cross has potential to be a, fa- a, phenom- a dead, dead, phenomenal superstar. <laughs> but I just wish at some point we're going to get a payoff where she turns on Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Because she's a better heel than she is whatever she is now. Uh, a mega face? Yeah. his, I guess, main single debut. He interrupted Elias's performance and the crowd went nuts because Aleister Black at that time was the biggest NXT star. There's no question. And then he debuted against Elias, which poor Elias, at some point some, some point they'll a, give a Jeff Jarrett Jr. a push. Yeah. I mean, it's like Double J has a kid with Chris Jericho. And we get Elias, and he all he does is play the guitar. Yeah, I mean he's he's had some, I guess, sizable wins over Baron Corbin, but that's not saying much. 
No, but Alistair Black's debut, I mean, his entrance is still pretty cool at that point when he would raise up out of the ground like he's coming out of a casket. But it's, I mean, it sticks out because it's like Undertaker-esque. The entire stage is lined with those fake candles, the fandles. Yeah. And then we hear that creepy music and he just comes out of there. But, I mean, these two debuts are absolutely phenomenal. So next up. Yeah! He is the dark, the moody, the intimidating Alistair Black. Shop, the re-debut of the Dead Man. We had a short run for a couple years of the American Badass. Essentially, the real life of Mark Calloway. Yeah, where he got to where he got to pretty much do what as he wanted to. Absolutely, and then he had a match, a buried alive match with Mr. McMahon at Survivor Series or Judgment Day. I think it's Judgment Day, and he gets ready to bury McMahon, and the backhoe explodes. And it turns out to be his brother Kane, who's come to bury the bury the American badass. And he has a eulogy and a funeral and all this stuff for him. Taker interrupts the Royal Rumble that year. The gong goes off, and Kane gets eliminated. And I think it's Spike Dudley's the one that actually comes out for Spike. Yeah. And then, like, how do you, how do you follow that? Yeah. Good luck. And then we get to the uh, WrestleMania 20 that year, which has been a it was a lackluster pay per view, anyways. And uh, we get to the point where Kane's in the ring, Madison Square Garden, the mecca of sports entertainment, and they're like, "All right, which taker's gonna come out?" And you hear, "Oh yes!" And the Druids come out with uh, Paul Bearer, and that's when we get the re-debut of the Dead Man. First time, I want to say at least five years we had seen the, the actual Dead Man. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this was huge. I remember watching it going like, yes, he's back. Even though the American Badass is one of my favorite characters of all time. Contrary to popular belief, because a lot of people don't like that character. No, I absolutely love it. Because, I mean, that was so cool to me. Because it yeah. was the real-life Undertaker. It's what we're getting to see now with the Last Ride series they're doing. It's like no one. It's like no one else had the opportunity to ride a freaking motorcycle to the ring, unless you're Triple H in that WrestleMania entrance. But and which one? He does it all the time. Well, the one where him and Stephanie both rode trikes in. That's true. But I mean, uh, still. Up, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I loved it. Hideous face! He's holding that urn! 
Bucky's not alone. I submits two that are absolutely funny to me, and there's no way in the world you would ever guess them, unless you read his comment. Lord Tensai is the first one. Why? (laughs) Matt says it's not one of my favorites, but it stuck with him. Because I remember growing up with Albert, Prince Albert, when he was a TNA, or yeah, TNA, so it was Test and Albert, not the company TNA. A train. Yeah, he goes to Japan, and this is when he develops Lord Tensai, and he is mega huge in Japan, not just because he's a big guy. And then he comes back, and Lord Tensai gets crapped on because all the fans remember him as Albert or A train. Now, now, if you go on WWE's YouTube page, one of the one of the matches they showed recently was him against Cena in an Extreme Rules match, and he yes. beat Cena. Oh yes. But, I mean, he debuted against Alex Riley. Yeah, it's it, you're really <laughs> not getting anywhere if you debut against A-Rye. No, like, I I watched the watched him come out today for when I was recording this stuff for the podcast. And, like, the, he takes off his mask and the crowd goes, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but course, like, and, the crowd, and the crowd goes mild. Of course, we all know now Matt Bloom, who is the – plays Albert, Tensai, all those. It's now the head trainer for the Performance Center. So, one of the most respected men in the wrestling business. Unfortunately, he was saddled with the... Yeah, this gimmick. Is that the time? And we are back live on Monday Night Raw with a very uh, highly anticipated debut tonight. Alex Riley 
he's feeling as he as he looks at this across the ring. Next up, Brodus Clay and the Funkadactyls. I guess I guess his two pick, I guess Matt's two picks did tie into each other. Yes, they did because they became sweet tea. Yeah. Tons, I mean, of, Brodus, tons of funk. Yes. I don't remember if you were, if you do the Brodus Clay vignettes. They were eerie. They were. He was supposed to be a big, tough, like ass kicker, and he all this stuff, and then he debuts with this. He debuts as a disco star. Yes, it, it was like it was, it, was, it was like fat disco inferno with cheerleaders. You're right. I mean, it was like disco inferno, and the Godfather had a kid. But, I mean, of that whole group, Brodus Clay and the Funkadactyls, the most successful one was Naomi. Yeah, Cameron was terrible. Yes, and now she's out of the company. Brodus Clay went on to become Tyrus. And my... TNA, where he was good, and now he works as an analyst, I want to say, on Fox News. My favorite moment with Cameron was she was in a match with Alicia Fox and tried to pin Alicia Fox when Alicia Fox's stomach was on the mat. <laughs> she goes but, she goes her shoulders have to be down but i can remember the hype for brodus clay because we all expected like this big tough warrior type person that was going to come in and kick your hind end, and it was like the crowd went yeah when he came out yeah because i was because i mean even justin roberts goes after weeks of much anticipation we give you the funkosaurus brodus clay I'm like are you freaking kidding me <laughs> Like, after all this crap, we're getting Brodus Clay. Yep. Somebody better call his mama. (laughs) Did you really? I did. Next up, we have... From Planet Funk, weighing 375 pounds, please welcome the Funkosaurus, Brodus Clay! Next up, we have Patrick Bagwell returning John Cena at the Royal Rumble after three months being gone with a torn tricep, bicep, pec, one of those. I think it was, think it was a bicep. But three months after he tore it, he came back and won that year's Rumble. He was supposed to be out is, for like eight or nine months. Absolutely. Because Triple H is the one that is the iconic. You get the look of Triple H. To, Wait a minute. Why is he here? Because he came in at 30. So, I mean, but we can't we found out this week that the original winner of that World Rumble was supposed to be CM Punk. That was what, 2008? And, yep. And John Cena came back. He said, I was supposed to, Punk said, I was supposed to win that Rumble. And it changed when they found out John was going to be able to come back. That, I feel like CM Punk has gotten the short end of the stick in a lot of deals. Uh, yes. But I don't know if CM Punk would have, worked well in that role. At that point, John Cena was uber hot. And they capitalized on it because, I mean, Punk would not have carried the same weight. 
I mean, I, I mean, at that same WrestleMania though, I, I'm pretty sure Punk won the Money in the Bank. Yes, he did. Which would later go on and win the title, but I mean, it worked out well for him in the long run. But he didn't get the main event WrestleMania. But yeah. All right. Next up, we get my buddy Chris Burton from good friend of mine from Campbell County talks about his favorite debut is Chris Jericho as the Millennium Man. Yeah. Which is arguably one of the best debuts in history, if not the greatest debut. Now that was the Rock standing in the ring, and then he pans to the Titan Tron, and it's just counting down to the it's just counting down yeah. to Y2J. Absolutely. And then we get welcome to Raw is Jericho. And doesn't Rock just completely shut him down? Oh, absolutely. How <laughs> dare you come on the Rock show and not have the comic courtesy and introduce yourself? <laughs> what is your name? It doesn't matter what your name is. Yeah, I mean, but this was Jericho's first appearance at WWE, and he debuted against the Great One. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, this just said. I mean, Jericho's gone on. He was the first ever undisputed champion, contrary to what they want to rewrite history now, by beating both The Rock and Stone Cold at the same pay per view. Then he's become champion at AEW. He was champion in New Japan. He still I mean, holds. Th- he still holds the record for most IC title reigns. Absolutely. So his oh, career. Oh. Yeah. Has just blown up after this. But this debut, if you see any list of top debuts ever, is normally within the top five. Yeah. If not the top three debuts. Because I remember, like, we're getting the countdown to the millennium because this obviously was around that same time. And we're like, wonder who is going to come out? I expected someone like a Max Moon or a Glacier, not Chris Jericho. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I, did, I told you this. I don't. I would not expect Glacier with that one. No, but I mean, Jericho's been able to do this two or three times, and it seems like every return he does is huge because he's that type of superstar. He, he, he is the epitome of a megastar. Absolutely. All right, next up. It would have been better. It was a really good. It was a really great debut, anyways. But it would have been better had they taken the camera off of Roman Reigns' stupid face. Absolutely, because like they came out and said the original shot was supposed to be just of the screen, and it's just come up. I am phenomenal, and for some reason, we got Roman Reigns' face going. Huh? 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 <laughs> what? The but just show us the screen. We don't care about Roman. We know he's in there. Because I think it was me, you, and Brian watching that Royal Rumble, and the music hit, and we're like, who in the world is that? 
And it finally panned. We're like, oh, crap, it's AJ. We I, have, we, I have we never heard – I have never heard a pop that loud. No, like we had seen AJ and TNA not long before that. Yeah, it was, it was what, like three or four months before that that we saw him? Something like that. And then, and then we get him debuting in the middle of the Royal Rumble. And we're like, oh, wow. I say in the middle. He was entry number three. Yeah. But, yeah, like, I, I have never heard a pop that loud for anybody. Like, maybe Cena returning at the Rumble, but that's not that's not even a – that's just like, eh, he's here. Yeah, the only other pop I can remember in the last – since he debuted would be the Hardys returning at 33. I screamed. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> Styles debut, all of us – I mean, we had young, old, and middle watching wrestling fans at that time. And all of us were like, wait a minute, whose music is, oh my God, Styles! Like, it was huge. And thank God at that point, AEW wasn't around because we wouldn't have AJ Styles now. Only problem with the whole debut is he got absolutely decimated in the Rumble. Yes, I mean, I mean he lasted a long time. I don't think he eliminated anybody in that Rumble. I I wouldn't be certain that he did. I know, I remember watching, he kept trying to hit Styles Clash. Over and over, and every time got thwarted. Yep. We're talking beach. We're we talking beach sting. Or we're talking crow sting. Oh no! This was Sting debuting Survivor Series. Oh Sting! Oh 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 WWE debut. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because in WCW he was the. I want to say was he debuted as originally as the Blade Runners. Could be wrong. But no, his WWE debut when he interfered in the Survivor Series match that essentially saved Cena, Ryback. Uh, Rowan and uh, Ziggler's jobs because Big Show turned heel, anyways. Shocker! Big Show turned heel. What? Like, like I remember watching this pay per view with Matt, and like the the crow hit, and we both flipped out because no one, yeah, no one was expecting it. No, and then they completely wasted his debut on that terrible feud with Triple H. Yep, that pay per view because this is after the. Streak it ended. This should have been Taker Sting. Should have been. But instead we got Sting and Triple H. Just for Triple H to bury WCW. Yeah. So, I mean, this debut was still huge. Because he would go on to eventually feud with Seth Rollins. Which he should have won the title. But his career was ended due to a buckle bomb. Which is now banned. So, I mean, this debut is still massive. Because... Of the weight it carried. This was the face of WCW that had never stepped foot in WWE before and was here. So, I mean, this one was great. So, thank you, James, for that one. 
look at who it is. Yeah. Scott, Scott Armstrong. Armstrong, of course. He's got a Triple H's pockets in there. <laughs> which he kind of stole one of mine, and one <laughs> of WCW. He has the debut of the most unique superstar in the history of wrestling, The Undertaker, at Survivor Series 1990. I was five months old. <laughs> Just to make you feel old. Absolutely. And I mean... That, I was, th- that was 30 years ago. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like... This debut, Taker was rumored to be in the egg. I'm so glad he wasn't. Absolutely. But I remember he debuted as Brother Love, with Brother Love. Debuted as Brother Love. That would have been hysterical. Debuted with <laughs> I Brother love Love. You. <laughs> and he was Ted DiBiase's mystery partner for that Survivor Series. And he decimated everyone on the other team. I mean, no, I think his first no, elimination you, was Coco Beware. Well, I mean, you get a, a you you go in the ring as a six foot ten, three hundred and ten pound guy, and see if you're not going to decimate everything in your path. That's true, and I want to say it was Bobby Heenan. You can hear, look at the size of that ham hock. Yeah, that line has always stuck with me. I'm like, wait a minute, but you could look around the crowd, the faces of fear on grown adults because they had never seen anything like this, and I I have. As manager debuts on my list, so, but I mean that same pay per view we got the debut of the gobbledygooker. <laughs> so you win some, you lose some, Vince McMahon. That's such a dumb. I, I mean, who, I mean, who else could you have come out of that egg? You can't have Bret Hart come out of the egg, even though he was rumored to be in there too. So was Andre the Giant. Yeah, that's a big egg. If it's Andre, do you remember who the gobbledygooker was? No. I want to say it was Hector Guerrero, Eddie Guerrero's brother. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So, the other one. Everybody's got a price for the million-dollar man. So, without further ado, I will introduce to you now my mystery partner, led to the ring by his manager, 
Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley, I give you The Undertaker. <laughs> the Undertaker, the mystery partner is now revealed. I never heard of him. Oh, take oh, Holy cow. Look at the size of that hammock. Check out them drumsticks, baby. 320 pounds, looks to be 6'9", 6'10", some of that neighborhood, lad. 6'10", I don't know, it's hard to tell from here. Holy cow! Look at the look on the face! One on Brian's list is Lex Luger debuts on Monday Night Nitro, live from the Mall of America in Minneapolis. Because at this point, nobody realized his contract with WWE, at WWF at the time, had run up. And when he debuted on Nitro, he was told not to stay at the same hotel as the Superstars. And he arrived 30 minutes before he debuted. And he just walked out during the Sting and Ric Flair match. Was it Flair or was it Hogan? Uh, Flair. He came in later on to save, and that's when we got the interaction with Hogan. Okay. Yeah, because like he just walked in, and you hear the, the announcers go, "Get him off the camera! What's he doing here?" He just walked into that big dumb cheesy grin on his face and his Jerry Seinfeld poofy shirt. <sighs> he just wanted to be a pirate. <laughs> Absolutely. So I mean, this is this is one of the first defections that made Nitro what it was, even though Luger had a subpar run in WCW. This this started the Monday Night Wars, yeah. Because of because Lex Luger was the biggest star in WWF at the time, because they were breeding him as the next Hulk Hogan, and then to go over there, and it was like, wait a minute, we just lost him, how? But thanks, Brian, for Taker and Luger, since you stole my Undertaker suggestion. Good job. <laughs> Alright, Joe, so I added one to your list just for you. The debut of Enzo and Cass against the Dudleys. I yeah. remember calling you going, you better turn on the screen. They finally shown up. Because we had watched Enzo and Cass in NXT and then they debuted and I remember the place was electric. And they just decimated the Dudleys, which are, the, are, are a Hall of Fame team. The best line in that whole thing was Enzo's first one. I'm a Skywalker smack talker, and I got a Mike Saber for a weapon. Hater. I thought it was a Mike Saber. Mike Saber for a hater. Close enough. Yeah, but I mean, this debut was huge because we have that iconic, I don't even know what you would call that music. But, I mean, it's just great. And I think it's your ringtone for me when you call, by the Of way. course it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, because you can't teach that. I can still do the finger wag 
And every time there's someone talks about seven foot, and I just point like Big Cass does. Is he seven foot tall? And we all know both of their careers went oh so well after that. Well, Cass kind of got pushed to the wayside. Enzo got pushed down to the cruiserweights and actually won the title. I mean, Cass had a great run. He was only he was the last guy eliminated in uh, the greatest World Rumble ever. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, both of them are now gone from the company. All right, next that's, up, my that's like, it, there's there's talks that Enzo may come back. I would like to see Cass back before Enzo. Eh. All right, next. My name is Enzo Amore, and I am a certified G and a bona fide stunt, and you can't teach that. And this right here, this is Big Cass, and he's seven foot tall, and you can't teach that. Skywalker, and I got a mic saber for a hater. And what do you know? We got a couple haters. Couple haters. You two are so ugly. Tears run down the back of your head to avoid your face. They don't. I see the way you're staring at us. Well, let me tell you something. You want to play games? I'll connect for that dome piece. I got the gift of gab and the gift of jab. And I'll put that lazy eye right back to work.
up my list. We're going to start with the debut of the Wyatt family. Because we, for months, we had seen vignettes of this cult leader from the, I could, let's call him the Cajun cult leader. I mean, he was a promo guy just spewing them just perfectly. We would get Harper talking a little bit. And we get, the only thing we saw of Rowan up to this point was him chopping wood and they pan back and he was gone. And then we get the middle of a cane match, and it just cuts to Bray on the screen. And I can remember he's or we're here, and he blows out that thing. And I think we were watching here at the house, and we both flipped out. And then they just demolished Kane. Like like when like whenever Kane went face to face with Harper, or, or I think it was either Harper or Rowan, one of the two. Yeah. I have never seen Kane look so small. No, I mean Kane's normally the biggest guy in the ring. But both of these guys look bigger than Kane. And then, because Bray Wyatt just sat in his rocking chair. But, I mean, this debut was legendary to me because, I mean, now there's only one of them left in the company, which baffles me. They beat up my poor favorite superstar. Yeah, that's all right. He debuts a little bit later on in my list. Spoiler alert. I have no followers. I have only brothers and sisters, all in the name of cause. People are sheep. You understand me? They can't lead themselves. They need to be led. People buy and sell fear. They worship war. They crave war. But I'm not afraid of their wars. I created war. And I think it's time for the masses to wake up. Wake up. Wake up! Wake up and look at this line they're living in, man! The world is deteriorating between their toes. And they do nothing about it. They only stand there. They whisper and wonder, but they never do anything about it. But I've seen it all in my dreams and in my thoughts. And above everything else, I understand this is not the beginning. <laughs> Stand. <laughs> We're here. Next up, the black sheep of the Wyatt family. Braun Strowman's debut, where he destroys Ambrose and Reigns. You're listening a little Wyatt heavy, isn't it? <laughs> uh, it's a little dark, I'll tell you that for sure. Yeah, I can, I can tell. But I remember Braun Strowman's debut, because you were in college, and I called <laughs> you, I said, there's this massive freak just debuted, and he destroyed Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose. He swatted Roman Reigns away like he was a fly. And I thought, this has this not been done. Because at this point, Braun Strowman had only been seen as the gladiator in Adam Rose's Exotic Express. Yeah, we, we don't talk about that. No, because that was the debut of a lot of people. But, uh, I mean, he just debuted with his black sheep mask on, and nobody knew anything about him because he never made an appearance on NXT. And now we all know that Braun Strowman has gone on to hold IC belt, tag belts on more than one occasion. And currently, he's a universal champion. Had you told me when he debuted that, that 
this point he would do all that, I called you a liar. I want to say he's just a U.S. title away from a Grand Slam. Yeah. And his best years are still ahead of him. Which should worry people. As long as his body holds up. Which is a problem with a lot of superstars. Next. brother love got over is well beyond me i don't know i mean let's put a cherry in a white suit and And have him run around screaming i love you Uh, unfortunately he is the man now that leads smackdown yeah but i mean paul bear his shriek and everything was just it made taker's gimmick even more than what it was like Bear went on to manage Kane, Vader, Mankind, Taker. I mean, his career was legendary, and he's in the Hall of Fame for it. But, I mean, his iconic, oh, yeah, still just ring. I mean, it may, gives me goosebumps now. So, I mean, Paul Bear's debut was great, because without Paul Bear, I don't know if Taker would have lasted as long. I think I think they would have gone with the American Badass a whole lot sooner. Uh, yes, because Brother Love was not the right guy for the Undertaker. No, you can't have this. You can't have this high peppy cherry dude running no. around. You, you can't essentially have the manager version of Dude Love running around with the Undertaker. Correct. All right. So to- we're bringing you my message of love. 
bearer. Faces, aren't we? Oh, I'll say. Come sure. on. We're going to WrestleMania here, folks. Russian I mean, roulette, anybody? Give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. What's this guy's name that's going to... Bear. Bear. Was this Bad Blood 97? <laughs> yes. Because, I mean, we get for weeks, Paul Bearer had talked to Taker. Listen, your brother's alive. You didn't kill him. Because we all know Taker set fire to the funeral parlor that Paul Bearer worked at. Conveniently, how all this ties in. And that ta- he had killed his parents and his younger brother. Well, it was revealed that his brother wasn't dead. And that he was going to show up. And in the middle of the Hell in a Cell match between Taker and Shawn Michaels, we get the music or the lights go dark and we get that red glow and it's Kane. You get Vince McMahon. That's gotta be Kane. That's gotta be Kane. Kane wanders down to the ring, just, or not even the ring. He just wanders up to the side of the cell, rips the door off the hinges with like, it's nothing. Absolutely. And he went toe to toe with Taker and no one had done that yet. And he just destroyed Undertaker and giving Shawn Michaels a win. And then just walk back out. And we all know that is, in my mind, that's Taker's best feud ever. Because it was brother versus brother. And then it became Brothers of Destruction. And then it was brother versus brother again. And then it went back and then back. But Taker and Kane are tied together not just because they are brothers, but because of their manager. Yeah. But, I mean, this was, and thank God this gimmick worked for Kane because he had been fake Diesel He'd been the Christmas creature. We don't. (laughs) He had been Dr. Isaac Yankum DDS. We don't talk about the Christmas creature. No. And Kane got his run, I guess, as Kane. Or he got his first run in WWE because Taker came down to Smoky Mountain Wrestling to fight Kane. And he was the Unabomb. Yeah, Mike Unabomb. Yeah, and Taker put in a good word for Kane about how good of a worker he was. So, I mean... All of this stuff, it's funny how it all loops back together. But those were the debuts I had, and that was our entire list of debuts. Tombstone! Now, wait a minute. Oh my God, wait a minute! It's Paul Bear! It's Paul Bear! And that... That's gotta be Kane! That's gotta be Kane! And a lot of these are memorable, and some of them are memorable for the wrong reasons. <laughs> like yeah. Uh... But I, I mean, there's several others we could easily have put on this list, like The Shield, like Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair. All those Ronda Rousey's debut at the Royal Rumble. 
I mean, so many. We could put Rocky Maivia's debut. <laughs> we don't talk about Rocky Maivia. No. Even I mean, The Rock doesn't just... talk about Rocky Maivia. No, I mean, it's just bad. We could talk about Big Show's debut at St. Valentine's Day Massacre when he comes up from underneath the ring and yeets Stone Cold through the side of the steel cage. Giving Stone Cold the win. Yes. We could talk about the debut of China when she choked out uh, Terry Runnels. This is, the, at that time, the girlfriend of Goldust. And, I mean, there's just so many debuts that we could have covered on this list. But this is our fans' list. This is what the fans put up for their top debuts. I want to say thank you to everyone that submitted information on this week's debut podcast for Fan Friday. I want to thank my youngest brother, Little Cuz, for joining me on the call today. And remember, when the bell tolls, the match is over.